One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Now yesterday on the program we were talking to Barry McCaffrey in relation uh, to the story about No Stone Unturned and how the uh, journalists had no case to answer and there seemed to be some surprise uh, from people listening to the program. Uh, there was no apology forthcoming from either the PSNI or the Durham Constabulary and I want to speak to uh, Alison Morris who's the Irish News Security Correspondent. Uh, Alison, good morning. Good morning. Now, this story, of course, I think rung a bell in the heads of every uh, journalist who would have been following it or simply reading it. And uh, you're writing about it and you've been writing about it on a, a number of occasions. Do you think an apology is, is possibly coming down the line? I think not just a, an apology, but an explanation. I mean, for for journalism, and, and I mean actual journalism, the kind of sort of investigative, investigative journalism that Barry and Trevor were doing, that, that many journalists in the Irish News do, it, it requires you to be able to access and have the confidence of whistleblowers who will give you information. And that, that is a you know a time-old tradition. I mean, we look back at the biggest stories of the past decade, you know, the parliamentary experts, the scandal, you know, the Panama um, Papers, all those things all came from leaked documents. Um, the, the issue with this is that the, the PSNI decided to bring in Durham Constabulary to investigate the leak of these documents and arrested the journalists as a result. Now, if that was the case, they'd have to come and arrest every one of us if they were going to start saying that whistleblower documents or leaked information was breaking the law in relation to journalism. And the judges agreed with the two the two journalists. They had said that it was entirely inappropriate and that journalists had every right to protect their sources and protect where their, their source material came from. So then you have to question as to why this ever happened in the first place. And I think it, it, there's a very complex reason and it's something that the, the PSNR's George Hamilton Lees and the new chief constable takes over will have to have some internal reflection on. We, we know that there's tension between the PSNR and the police ombudsman. The police ombudsman's office and that's been going on for some time and I think that the root of all of this is is that, that that issue there, you know, the issue was with the ombudsman's Lock and Island report and PSNI where they publicly accepted that I think there were some officers within it who were unhappy at that and this whole thing all stems from that. But it, it is an important principle of press freedom the judges have ruled that I think that as we go forward what we need to do is the PSNI first of all need to explain why they began this investigation the way they did in the first place. If they had issues in relation to those documents and anyone who's watched 
the, the documentary notes to no turnable node that Brian McCaffrey speaks about getting that document posted to him, him anonymously. Um, there's no hiding the fact that the information came from that document. It wasn't as if it was a big secret and they were trying to cover it up. Why it needed search warrants and people's houses to be raided at 7 o'clock in the morning and why it couldn't be done in, in a different way. And all of that is something that I think the PSNI need to explain and then in the fullness of time need to apologise to those affected by it. Trevor Burney said yesterday that he feels senior members within the PSNI who are ex-members of the RUC can't, deep down in their own minds, accept that the collusion existed in the way that it did in, in this case. They just find it hard to accept it. And that's always been the case. I mean, as long as I've been reporting on Legacy, you'll get conflicting views of what collusion was or, or was not. Um, I think that some people, when I have interviewed people, they believe that information that was passed on was not collusion at all. Um, and in other cases, you can see that there's indisputable evidence of, of collusion. There is a difficulty to accept that. And, and the problems with all that are, are wider even in this story. That's to do with our legacy mechanisms and the failure to deal with the past and address that in a proper way. So what you have now is you have no government um, mechanisms, mechanisms in place to give victims answers. And that falls to all sorts of other things, such as the endless litigation that we see in the high courts and the inquest courts. And the journalists, like ourselves, to give those victims who feel that they've been abandoned by the state and the police, sometimes for, for decades, a voice and, and to examine that in a large part of all our careers, which probably um, singles out journalists probably from, from Northern Ireland, from those working in any other jurisdiction, is that we do deal with the past quite a lot and investigations into the past are, are part of our work. Um, and that has always, always been the case. And, you know, the patent reforms are meant to address all this. And this year will be, you know, come November, the PSNI will be 18 years old. It will basically have come of age. And I don't think that when those reforms were, were put in place that we expected that 18 years on, we would still be dealing with policing problems that sound very, very like something from the 80s and 90s, very, very like something that you would associate with the RUC and not with the PSNI. How much of a negative is it for the police that their critics say that they made more of an effort to investigate the alleged break-in at the Ombudsman's office than they did the murder of the men watching the World Cup game who were murdered at the Heights Bar in Lockin Island? Well, we know that those victims have never got justice and those families are still hurting. And, and the fact was that the Ombudsman, there was never, never any reported break-in at the Ombudsman. What the issue was is that information that was an Ombudsman report in an unredacted form was posted to Barry McCaffrey. I, I mean, as far as I know, the actual original of that report never left the Ombudsman's office. Um, but I mean, I think that when you look at what happened, if you look at the Irish news today, I have a story in today in relation to one of the people, I'll not name him on your show, but he was named in the documentary, who was one of the suspects in the Lockin Island massacre. Um, and, and his statement to the PSNI, or to the, the Durham Constabulary, you can see that he was approached, he says that he was approached by the police, and that he was asked, asked questions in relation to how his feelings were and how he was feeling after the documentary was aired. And that's quite extraordinary that you would get someone who was, was linked quite through a quite lengthy period of time to the UVF and to loyalist terrorism and to multiple murders, not just those at Lockett Island, and that you would go and seek him out to find out if his feelings were hurt because he'd been named in a documentary by two investigative journalists. And was this approach, um, was this approach to this alleged killer made by the PSNI or by Durham Police? 
by John Constabulary because they were brought in to do the, the legwork on this. The, the Chief Constable had decided that because it was uh, an investigation of the police ombudsman, it would be inappropriate for his officers to carry it out. Mm. So while the PSNI assisted Durham Constabulary, it was done by Durham Constabulary. And that was brought out in the court case um, that, that took place last week and, and this week in the High Court. You know, barristers for one of the two journalists had said that there was a note in one of the Durham Constabulary's um, officers' notebook that basically said these people had been, you know, hounded and persecuted simply because of their previous involvement in terrorism, which is quite an extraordinary statement to make. Um, and when you think about that, that would be okay if that was happening at a time while people, while victims were getting justice and people had been prosecuted and brought to book and answers and, and all sorts of other things were happening. But or not, you know, those victims are left in limbo. So you have to ask where the priorities and where the money is being spent. We are always told that there's no money for these legacy investigations. So the PSNI budget is under massive strain, having to police the past and the present. But yet money was found from somewhere. And I mean quite a lot of money. I mean, we haven't yet got the final figure, but I would be surprised if it wasn't in its billions to investigate this documentary. And that, again, I think seems quite extraordinary. Do you genuinely think that the police were showing more sympathy to the person who's believed to be the UVF killer, who still lives not a huge distance from any of us? Do you, do you believe that that person has had more sympathy from the police recently than the families in Lockan Island? It certainly seemed on the face of it that they were very sympathetic towards him. I mean, one of the things he said in, said was that he couldn't go and work in West Belfast anymore as part of his company because he had been filmed by the documentary crew working, I believe it was John Brick he was working at the time. Um, again, you have to say, I mean, if that, if that was just something that was being done at the same time while the family knew that there was an investigation into the death of the loved ones, there was a possibility of prosecutions, you might be able to stomach that. But at a time when we know that there is no investigation um, ongoing into the Lock and Island killings, that they were told, and they were told at the time that no stone would be left unturned. And as we enter into the, the period that we're in now in 2019, you can't blame them for thinking that, you know, no stone, no stone was unturned at all, you know, that the stones were all there very much in place. The documentary is quite extraordinary and some of the things that uncovered were quite extraordinary. Um, we, we knew through, through writings in the past that the problems answer the Ombudsman, the problems with the Lock and Island original investigation, but I think that this for the PSNI was a complete on goal. I think as George Hamilton leaves his job this month, his legacy, that this will be the last, probably one of the last things that he deals with in, in the policing board when he answers questions this Thursday. Um, I don't think for him is something that will cover him in glory as he goes off into whatever he does next. I think he probably would have wanted his legacy to be much more positive than it is now. And it also raises questions as to what's going to happen with the new Chief Constable, Simon Byrne. We have a man coming in from outside who, who probably doesn't, who's going to have to get the grips quite quickly with the complexities of our political and policing system that's going to have to deal with this mess and mop up the mess from it. Um, and, and again, you know, as journalists, he may not, you know, I hope he doesn't think he's going to get an easy ride because I think that what this has shown is that in Northern Ireland we do have investigative journalists and we do have quite tenacious journalists who will hold the state and powers to account and that's the reason why I became a journalist. I'm sure that's the reason by McCaffrey and Gerard Burney do what they do as well. Just one final question to you, Alison. The person who has been named as the killer of the innocent people in Lockan Island, has that person made any attempt to sue any of the newspapers that have named him? No, no. And he was given ample opportunity by the filmmaking crew who wrote to him on several occasions, wrote to his solicitor on several occasions. Um, the Irish News also had dealings with him at the time. 
he actually did make a, a, a complaint in relation to the Irish News Gypso, which is the, the oversight body that, that governs newspapers, and, and that was rejected. Um, he lost that. So, um, no, and he has, has never made any attempt to sue them. And I think that that, you know, in itself is, is quite a, a sort of blurred statement to, to make because if you were totally innocent of these, these crimes, you'd want to clear your name, wouldn't you? Alison, it's a very relevant point. Uh, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Alison Morris, who's the Irish News Security uh, Correspondent. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Responded.